From the world of AV programming and control with James King, I'm Steve Greenblatt, and this is Ask the Programmer. Hey, James, I'm glad that we're back, and I think that this is going to be a very pertinent conversation for us today. Yeah, it's great to be back, and uh, I'm looking forward to this topic. So um, if you've been following along in the past few episodes, we've talked with Chris Netto, and then we debriefed about our talk with Chris Netto, and now we're actually going to talk about one of the initiatives that Chris Netto has built, AV in the AM, which, which we covered a few episodes back, um, and, and what recently came from a conversation on AV in the AM. So this is a good way of us tying in uh, community-based conversations to the programming world. And what was discussed was, do programmers need to go on site? And I think that that's a very interesting question to ask. And I think it could be answered in a lot of different ways. Um, uh, James, I'll let you take the first crack at it from, from your perspective. Um, what, what type of, what, what are some reasons why a programmer would need to be on site or is that not needed anymore? Um, that's a good question. And I, I think that was a very timely question question on AV and AM. I think a programmer still needs to go on site. And the reason why I say that is I feel people are going to be quick to point to bad code or point to networking. Those are the always the two common things that get pointed at when there's an issue. So having a program remotely they can't always be 100% sure that the code is not the problem. But having them on site and where they can check the wiring, making sure the install were done correctly, that is where being on site is valuable. And they can say, no, the problem is not my code, it is your wiring. Um, so that's why I think a programmer should be on site. And I, I, I looked at this in a couple of different ways because I think there's a lot of people who think that a programmer tends to have this uh, maybe prima donna type of uh, an attitude that they, they, they expect things done for them and, and that they shouldn't need to be at a job site and, and they're writing code and, and the, the, the code that they write is somebody else's problem to test and implement. So I, so I think on one hand, I agree with you that being on site is important because you need to be there to be responsible for the work you did. You need to be part of the team. You need to be able to do, be involved actively in the debug and, and, and really play your role to say that program, programming is working and, and tested. But on the other hand, we over the years, we've we've gotten so many more tools that we could have a virtual presence where you could be on site. Granted, you're not able to press a button and see, although you could with a camera, see what happens. Um, it, you know, Do we really need to have to travel to be there firsthand? Because in my experience, a lot of time is wasted with a programmer being on site because programmers shouldn't really be programming on site. I, the valid point, um, I do know there's many times that I'm pushing code to classrooms remotely. Um, so 
you bring up a valid point there. I think that's really um, comes down to if you have a trusted tech on site who can, you know, verify that everything's working correctly and is wired up correctly and all that stuff um, that allows the programmer to, you know, do their job and program and write the code and push it remotely and debug remotely. Um, if you don't have that trusted tech on site, that makes the job even harder. Totally agree. And, and uh, I think that that can make all the difference in the world, which kind of evolved in our conversation on AB and AM. And, and I'd like to get to that at some point about what it takes for a programmer to be effective and efficient. And, and I think maybe that's something that we could follow up with. Um, but, but you're, you're hundred percent right there. It really is part of the, the, the equation is you need to be able to have somebody there who can be your proxy or be somebody who understands how to translate what they're seeing and how to test and properly debug. Because to your point, even you could have everything working or not working, but if it's not fully tested properly and you've gone through all the different scenarios and, and tested things in all different ways of pressing buttons and sequences, you don't really know that the system fully works and um, we're not being there really puts you at a disadvantage. Yeah, that and also I, I go back to the troubleshooting side um, as well, when, especially when you're trying to roll out a bug in your code or something else. Um, I know there's been a couple times where I'll have a tech on site and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the code, why the room's not working. And I'll tell them, press this button. And then I'll get a message back. Okay, I did this button, this button, this button. That's not what I asked you to do. Like, I understand they're trying to be helpful and all that stuff. But now you just proved three variables at it instead of one variable where I'm trying to watch for debugging. Where I go back to that trusted tech would that relationship, that team building you have where they know, okay, this is your methodology for troubleshooting. So they're going to listen and follow the proper procedures. And it's almost like a left hand or right hand uh, extension of you as a programmer, having that person who can act as your proxy, as you said, on site. That's a really key. Um, I go to. I would agree with you there. And um, I can't tell you how many times we've had false sense of security or you have somebody who is not giving you good information um, or you're trying to chase something that doesn't really exist. Uh, one, of the, one of the other things I, I tried to bring up and I think is important too, is that you really have to understand what the system is intending to do because so one level of operation obviously is or am I talking to a device? So that's something that we first have to get out of the way. But then the second level is, is a system working as it's supposed to be? And somebody needs to know what that supposed to be is. So that, that's another area that it re really requires somebody understanding and having the, a firsthand knowledge of how the system is supposed to work and, and what it, it is programmed for. Um, when we're 
when we are remote, do you think that there's, um, do you think that that's something that is a selling point is something that we, that, that, uh, you can look at and say, Hey, I can, I can get a lot more accomplished if I could sit at my desk or at my house and connect into a whole bunch of systems and be more effective for you rather than having to travel to site and, and be, um, be there firsthand. Is, is that trade-off better or, or do you think that we're, we may be, you know, making that too glamorous? I think it's a mixed bag. Um, you having a programmer remote, like you said, has advantages of where you can hit more systems at, uh, as single time, do a lot of things like that. But I also go into that notion of just like programming itself. Um, the code is it's an unseen resource. So then people start questioning it. Like, okay, is it really valuable? Is it really doing what it needs to do? Like that, that resource that, uh, you know, your programmer is remotely, he's out of sight. Well, why is he asking for this much money? You know, he's just sitting there at a keyboard. Um, and so I, I could see both sides of the argument. I, I definitely see the big benefit of being remotely and handle stuff. Cause I know it, it's a advantage of mine, but I can also see end users or even the managers or clients being like, well, why am I paying this person this much when all they're doing is pressing a button, really sending a code, not understanding all the value they have because it's unseen to the user? I, I, I that that's a really great point. Quite honestly, I think the, the like you said, when you make it look too easy, even if that means that you're good, it the from from an outsider's view, it looks like what you have to do doesn't require that much and, and being there to, to be involved and be part of the team and, and, um, standing behind your work, both physically and with your, your keyboard and, and your code is, uh, I I think it could be a really big value to, to not only job security, but also, um, validating, why they've uh, they've invested what they have and and why you're needed. Um, is there anything that we could recommend to somebody who is in a position of saying that they want to be able to either be on site or not be on site? So for our audience that is looking to um, to to decide what works best for them. Is there, is there any, any criteria that you would recommend other than having a, you know, a good tech to work with? Um, good tech and good documentation and a very, especially if you're going to be working remotely, um, don't get comfortable. Make sure that you go for your checklist. Um, Cause I know I've been burned times myself where I even admit it, where I pushed code to the wrong room because I had the wrong IP on the device so that you have to make sure you're paying attention to what you're doing. Um, very, I think it's more inclined when you are remote than you are um, away. And also, I, I don't know about business world, but I know in higher ed, sometimes the room schedule says the room's open, but people are jumping and take over 
the room. And then if you're remote, you don't know that and you just send code and you just disrupt it. An event, yes, you're in the right because schedule said it was open, but you still affected that uh, event. So that's one reason why I kind of like being person knowing, hey, there's no one in here. I'm not breaking or affecting an event, but I have no problem doing remotely. But again, if you're going to be remote, make sure you have all the details and you're on the right systems. Yeah, I, I, I love that idea about checklists because it's it's very easy to be complacent. And, and uh, you know, I've had situations where we've written what we call standard code. So that code we know has been tested and is solid and works in other rooms. So you being at a, at the site to work through that, I think is not very efficient as long as there's somebody there that could, that knows that the code works and knows what to do when something isn't working. Because as we know, when you press a button and it doesn't do what you think it's going to do, you usually blame the code first. But, um, but, but I think your point's a good one. So coming up with some structure, um, documenting what procedures and what, what should happen and, and, uh, and come, making sure that you, you follow your checklist. I think, think that's a, a great, great tip there. Um, I, let's wrap this one up um, and hopefully we can get some feedback from the audience. Um, what, what are you on site? Do you go on site? What's the percentage of projects that you go on site? It'd be a great little poll for us to do and see what what's everyone is doing uh, that's listening in because it, it's definitely a conversation that comes up a lot. And there and as you could tell, there's pros and cons to it. Um, James, how can people get in touch with you, learn more what you're doing, and uh, hopefully talk to us a little bit more about their experiences uh, with being on site? Oh, I... I... Definitely looking forward to that poll. Let, let's get the users and our listeners uh, see what they do, because that'd be great. Um, you can always reach me on the internet. I'm out there on Twitter, AV underscore James King. I write for the Higher Ed Digital Magazine, the IT and AV column. Um, I'm out there, LinkedIn, um, Sundays with AV and AM. You'll find me out there. I'm sure you will. That's how we... <laughs> We typically get in touch. Uh, for me, you can reach me at Steve Greenblatt on social media. Um, I write for AV Network. Um, I also write for my company blog at controlconcepts.net. And uh, definitely try to be uh, present on AV in the AM on Sundays. So check us out there. But we definitely like to hear from you. And we want to keep this conversation going. And and uh, really follow through on this theme of building community amongst programmers. So please reach out to us, tell us what you like, what you want to hear about. And um, if you even be interested in participating on a future episode. Uh, with that, this has been Ask the Programmer. Mm -hmm.